Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. To me, what they don't realize is you just signal to me, one, the level of hurt going on in your life. But two, you just signal to me that you wouldn't even make a good friend. Because people who don't trust, they don't share. So you never really get to know them. All right. Welcome back to another episode. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, y'all. How was your trip? Um, it was very good. It was a lot. You know, it was a family trip. So we were with family from, you know, pretty much the time we woke up to the time we went to bed every night, which was so nice. Oh like, I, I never get to see my cousins. I haven't seen him since yeah. his baby shower, which has been almost four years now. So it was so nice to see everybody Damn. and meet his daughter. I know. And his daughter, Bela, is the su- honestly the sweetest mm-hmm toddler I've ever met in my entire life. She has some autoimmune disorder, so she's not been around a lot of people her whole life. Like this weekend was the largest group of people she's ever been around. So she's only ever Mm -hmm. around adults, which makes her very, um, like just trusting. She's only around adults that love her. So we were a little worried, you know, that she's never met us. She sees us on FaceTime, but that she would be like a little shy. Nope. Immediately came in, gave us the world's longest hugs. It was mm-hmm. so like sweet and bittersweet at the same time because, you know, when we left, we were all really sad, but I enjoyed myself a lot. Yeah. It was, I'm tired though. As somebody who recharges mm-hmm. alone, it's really hard for me to have five. It ended up being five days because our flight was canceled when we were flying yeah. home on Monday. So for me, it's hard to be around people 24 seven like that every single day mm-hmm. for a week straight. It's, it's exhausting. Even if I love you so much, it's just, I need time yeah, to recharge. No, so I'm happy much, to be home. Yeah. Too much fucking energy. Yeah. It's a lot, especially yeah. with family, you know? Oh, I know. It's always something going on in family, too. <laughs> always something. Well, I'm glad you're back finally and you were able to catch a flight back. Oh, my God. They canceled dude. it. It was so – we got there – we got there and literally we were supposed to board in 45 minutes and they canceled the flight. Like that's when they canceled the flight, which was frustrating because they knew it was going to snow. Like these, like the airport, the, these companies work with NASA to like look at Mm -hmm. the, the weather. They knew that there was going to be snow. So they could have just done that the night before and saved us a ton of headache, dude, because then we're sitting in the airport, you know, you're already checked out of your Airbnb. We checked in our rental car. Like we, we felt like stranded. So I'm sitting there. I know. And, um, I'm like, okay, I know you can get an Airbnb like last minute for one night. So I checked, we booked one, we got there, no electricity. So then, Oh my God. Dude. I would die. Bro, you have no idea. Everyone was Pissed. And it was funny because we were at the airport. Like, as soon as we found out that the flight was canceled, my edible had just hit. So I was like, you yeah. know, it's fine, mom. It's fine. Oh, like, 
we'll so lucky to take that edible because I would have been so mad. Girl, I was so <laughs> lucky because, I mean, listen, I was really ready to go home. Like, we had all had just yeah. had an emotional morning saying goodbye to my cousin and the baby. Like, I was just ready to get home yeah. to my fur baby, my space. I was so ready. And we got there. I was like, are you mm. fucking kidding me? So... We ended up, it all worked out. We contacted the old Airbnb host that we were staying with. She let us um, stay there again for the night. We got home. Now it's a perfect sunny spring freaking day. So the one day it fucking snowed this winter. Of course, it was the day I was supposed to fly in. But now all's were- well that ends, well. <laughs> the world is crazy, huh? <laughs> crazy how things work. Girl, I'm like, I... I'm like, I know my uh, Mercury is not in the fucking oven. So what is going on? It was a lot, this trip, a lot. But yeah, I'm home. I'm safe. Back in my routine. So we're safe good. and sound. Safe and sound. <laughs> I got all of the, I've got all of the furniture and stuff because we're redoing the podcast room. So yes. I got everything already. Oh, I'm just so waiting for Joe to help to me. Yeah, I know. I have this huge couch here. I don't know why I got everything shipped to my house just because my uh-huh. everything's automatically on my Amazon. So I have to take the only thing that's really big is like the couch piece. Yeah. Um, so I'm waiting for Joe to be able to take it. But other than that, I have everything because I, I like to wait to have everything. I uh-huh. don't like putting doing things little by little. So I waited till till everything shipped <clears throat> and delivered, and I have we have everything. So I'm gonna start probably um, if I don't have time today, definitely tomorrow. So, so we'll exciting. have like a new podcast space whenever you come. And I'm just excited to have the space in general. I feel like it's just cute. It'll be cute to like take pictures, like do content, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. everything. So I ne- definitely needed that. My my office is a fucking mess. Like it's a mess. And th- I think this is why I haven't been going there. Like I've been, whenever we podcast together and stuff, I'm always at home because it's just like my office is a mess. And I was there the past two days sending out orders because the lip oil is like fucking sold out Yay. and I didn't expect them. I didn't expect it to happen that fucking fast. And I had like over like 200 orders to send out and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, um, so I was just doing that by myself. And then I was just looking around and I'm like, I need to do something about this office. Like I just, I have to like, I pay for this office space and I'm like, never here. And Joe, even Joe, he's like, you're never at the office. I'm like, I know it makes no sense, but I just, I like the house. I have everything organized and like I keep up with it now. So it's like a space where I love and I'm like, I need to do the same thing with the office. Like when I have spaces that are organized and like the way I really like them, um, I thrive. So I was like, this is like a good time to just reorganize and like just it's time for a change. Like I've had the office for a long time now. So I think it's just time to upgrade. And we upgraded like the BM&D office and it looks amazing. It so does. I'm like, I think I'm just... I'm like, now I'm just like, I have every space except for my office. So now I need to focus on my office and like get our shit together. So I'm doing that and I'm, I'm super excited. So it's going to be dope. So I'll like post a video and we'll take like pictures and stuff when it's like done. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Studio reveal. You'll have to follow our Instagram to see. That's where we will like post a bunch of, you know, behind the scenes of putting it together. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. It's like, I know we've talked about before, like how important your environment is to your mental space, Mm -hmm. but especially when your industry is creative, it's really hard to feel like you want to create when you're not inspired by your atmosphere. So I I feel like, I feel like you and I are similar and we go in the transition of like, we get bored really quickly if we're looking at the same thing every single day. So a switch up is nice. I love a little... A yeah, change that's up. why I'm always switching out. Even like little decor here and there, I'm always switching out stuff like all the time. 
Like I go to Hobby Lobby and or like Target and like little places that even Five Below. I actually, five my friends at a hall like in Five Below and they have the cutest shit. Like I'm gonna go grab. I think I'm gonna go today and like grab some. They had like this cute little flower like um I don't even know what it is. like a shelf like a pick, but it looks like um a flower like it's in the shape of a flower uh-huh. and it's like a shelf. That's like cute. it's so fucking cute. Everything is like really 80s, but um I mean not 80s 70s like um like with the flowers and like. The mushrooms are like coming back and stuff like yeah. that. But I don't know. That's like my vibe right now. Like the groovy, like, and the pastel colors and stuff. Like, it's just so cute. So I was like, I'm going to grab this. Like, I think it'll look cute in like the, just in the office and stuff. But there's, there's so many cute things. And I'm like, I have so many ideas and that's what it is too. Like, I'm just a, I'm a creative. Like, that's what keeps me going. Like, I need to do creative things all the time. Mm-hmm. So I always need to have like a space where I can thrive. So, vibing and I and also, oh my God. So, you know how I had my vanity in the closet and everyone was always like, why do you have your vanity <laughs> in your closet? But it's like, I mean, I, I'm going to have my vanity in my walk-in closet too, like in the new house. I'm pretty like sure normal. unless I have another space, but I feel, yeah, I feel like it's normal. I think it's just because my closet is super small. So it just looks compact. <laughs> like you can see all the clothes and stuff like that. Whereas if people who have bigger closets, you can't really tell. Like it's, you know, you can't, you don't really notice much, but, um, I ended up moving it and there was this little space. Joe was like, why don't you move like your vanity? And he told me to do this a long fucking time ago. And this just goes to show, like, I need to listen to Joe more. I need to listen to people more actually when they give me like advice. <laughs> he was like, you never listen to me. And then I end up doing exactly what he says. And I'm like, oh, it worked out. And he's like, hello, like you should have listened to me. I was like, this is the Virgo in me. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I can't, it's hard. I need to like do my thing first. And then, you know, if I find out like your way is better or whatever, I'll try it out. But I was like, okay, I need to like move this. I have too, I have too many shoes. Like everything is like piling up in there. Like even boxes that I get from PR and stuff, I keep in there. So it's like, Joe's like, we, like, we can't do this shit anymore. Like you can barely walk in the closet. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move it out. And I moved the vanity into my bedroom. So now it's in my bedroom. It's in this cute little corner that I only had like a, I had like this little flake, fake plant there. Mm-hmm. So I know it actually about. fit, it fits so perfectly there. And I was like, I should have done this a long time ago. And now I, don't, now I have like a nicer background, like, you know, yeah, when I, I do that. makeup content and stuff like that. And it just feels better. So I was like, why didn't I do this? Like, I should listen to my fucking husband more. So babe, if you're listening to this. I love you, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> oh shit, we're gonna clip that. He's gonna use that against you. He's gonna be like, "Remember when you said this to That's everybody?" Be the first <laughs> he hasn't posted on Instagram in so long. He's gonna end up posting that. But <laughs> like the reel's gonna pop up. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I was like, "This is so good." And then I went on Amazon and I ordered this like shoe rack thing. Um, well, I'll, I'll link it if anything. But it's uh, it's similar to the thing that I got Vivi, where I put in her like little. What do you call those little, her little organization boxes and stuff like that? But I put my shoes in them and they have like these little cover where you can like cover the shoes as well. Love that. Um, so it's really nice actually. And I'm like, now it feels so much less cluttered and I got rid of all the boxes and stuff. And I'm like, you know, all the makeup stuff that I got, Sam, like I'm going to put away for like giveaway or whatever. And I was just able to like clear out that whole space. And when I, like, I just, it felt so fucking good. Like Joe put the shoe rack together for me and he's like, it looks so good now. Like, he's like, look at what, like, you know. 
look at what we've done. Like you could have done this a long time ago. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but now I, I don't have my vanity in my closet anymore. So no more closet chronicles. The closet <laughs> era is over. y'all. It's over. It's officially done. V is a, out of sad. the closet. Finally out of the closet. I'm out of the closet. I'm out there guys. I'm out here. <laughs> no, but I was, it was, I was like a little sad too. Cause I was like, damn, I'm like known for like just having my vanity in the closet. Like people just laugh about it all the time. And I was just like, that's it. It's an end of an era. <laughs> end of an era. That is so funny. Well, I'm excited, though. I love No, it that. looks so good. I can't, I can't wait for you to see it. Well, we, I have to come down soon. We have to come down. I have to come down yeah. in, like, the next two weeks. We got a lot to catch up on and a lot to do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Lots to catch Lots up on, Lots to girly. catch up on. Oh, my God. Have you been on TikTok lately? First of all, I've been, like, I've been a TikTok girly. Like, I've been Oh, posting. she's on the TikTok train. <laughs> I actually posted something on my stories the other day, and I was like, guys, I'm a, like, I love creating content on TikTok a little bit more than Instagram now. I just feel like people, the vibe is so different, like, and, like, an, and not that, don't take this the wrong way. Like, I love my fo- – everyone on Instagram is always so nice to me. Like, you know, I barely get, like, any mm-hmm. hate. Like, I have a really good community. Like, everyone is so awesome. But, like, TikTok is just, like, fucking a vibe. Like, it's just funny. And, like, everyone has a really good sense of humor on there. Like, I don't have to worry about, like, joking. And, like, like I'll, I always end up on the, the right side of TikTok, I feel. And, like, the people who follow me are on the right side. You know what I mean? So it's, like – it's fucking funny and I just love creating content on there and I was like on Instagram like stories like saying how I'm going to be a little more active on there because it's also been my like everything has been growing so fast and I'm like it's kind of sad because I'm like I've spent so much time on this platform on like my Instagram platform and like you know obviously when I started I never thought I'd be like it would grow this big like you don't even know like influencing was going to be a thing or anything like that or not even I hate that word I just hate even saying influencing but like just being able to work on social media basically and like make money like that. But, um, like I was just on there just doing makeup and shit, you know? So now it's like, I look and I'm like, damn, that, that took so long to grow. And like TikTok is like, people grow on there so fast and it's a little like, it's sad, but it's also like, I'm going to use that to my advantage, you know? Like why not if I have the following and like people would like to see my content, I'm going to do my best to like take advantage and, you know, grow my platform. So I've just been like super consistent on there. And like, I love it. Like, I love it so much. And it's just been so fun. Like just the vibes. It's so funny. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. Like it's growing so fast. And I'm like, this is like, I just kind of want to focus on that. And I told Joe too, I said, I want to do more things with him. Like me, BB and Isaac literally did TikToks the other day. And they were so like, we just had so much fun together. Like, it's just, it's just fun to do. Like, it's just, you know, from the day to day, every day, like life shit that like, just to have a little fun with the kids and like, just do something fun. Like, it's just, it's fun to like make content. Even if it's, even if you only have 200 views or two views or 20 views, like just do it, you know, like who cares, who cares? And I'm just like, I don't even like at this point. Yeah. Like it's cool. Like people watch your videos and like you're growing and stuff, but it's just, it's just nice to like make content on there and then just like have a good, like have good conversations with people, like laugh, you know, like, so I've just been, I've been loving making making content on there and it's just like a vibe (laughs) the instagram is so well curated on tiktok that i feel like you end up on the pages of people that will vibe with you the most so like like, gravitate you gravitate towards each other's content kind of right it fosters like a really great community and it's less curated so it's more Mm -hmm. authentic and i think it's easier to create on there because you could just pop on quickly talk 
and then go and uh, like there's the videos on there that I wouldn't post on Instagram necessarily. Like n- yes, exactly. Not that I'm not um like on there more naturally, but it is more uh, curated than it is on mm-hmm. TikTok. Like on TikTok, I would post. I kind of treat TikTok almost as I would treat my Instagram stories. My stories. Instagram stories are off the cuff, just exactly. there, and I think that's what people like. They they want that's that what connection. I'm yeah, that's what I've been, that's exactly what I've been doing. I feel like my Instagram, I'm, I edit things a little bit more. Like, that's where my editing yeah. and like those skills, I like to put that Which to is use. still fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's fun. And I, it, people were just kind of sad because they're like, oh my God, like, I don't have TikTok. Like, don't go strictly to TikTok. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I really like the platform more, you know? So yeah. I was like, any like little things, or, like off the cuff stuff and like makeup reviews, like random things, like, I'm just going to post on there. And then, like, I've just been reposting, like, the whatever videos I post on TikTok, I'll repost it on my Instagram story. Yeah. So, like, people will still see them, whatever. But it's just a vibe. Like, I just, I just really like it more. And I'm just, I think I just want to focus on growing that a little bit more. And I um, love it. Yeah. So I was just like, this is, this has been really fun. And then the kids, like me, we've been making videos and TikToks. And so cute. It's just so much fun, you know, rather than sitting around and like not doing, that's kind of how we've been like, <laughs> We've all been bonding over like hanging TikToks and stuff and hanging. Yeah. And Joe's like there watching, like having, like just dying laughing at our TikToks. And it's just been fun. It's just like been really cool to do. So I love that for us. So you guys can follow us on TikTok. We can put our TikToks in the episode yeah. description of this so you can see. Absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking of TikTok, we have an amazing guest from TikTok today. Mm-hmm. Her name is on TikTok, the friendship expert. Her name is yeah. Danielle Bayer Jackson. She's an expert on female friendships. You actually talked about her briefly on BMND. Yes, I did. And it's funny because we had this interview with her and she randomly popped up on my TikTok and I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe it's because we talked about it or I don't know. Maybe I just ended up on that side and I didn't put two and two together. I didn't know that it was her. And then, um, that video really caught my eye and I ended up talking about it on BMND about like, you know, just making friends when you're older and just women making friends and keeping friendships and stuff like that. And, um, it was funny. You were like, oh, that's the girl that we're going to be interviewing. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even put two and two together. I didn't even realize. And I was like, well, this is great because this is like a good, you know, like leeway into our episode. So I'm excited to like really – I have so many – I have a lot of questions that I want to ask her and like get into Same. how she's even started this, you know? Yeah. It's a very interesting like path. I've never heard of a friendship like yeah. expert. And she takes clients and things like that. And her TikTok is amazing. So she's so insightful, full of so much knowledge and she's incredibly yeah. eloquent. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this interview. It's going to be great. And I hope you take a lot of value from it. Yeah. We also, we get a lot of DMs from people, not just talking about their relationships with their spouses or their significant others, but of friendship things too. So I hope like Whoever writes in, maybe they can get some good insight or some good advice as well because we do get a lot of DMs about friendships. Yeah, and we, we're going to ask Danielle – we ask Danielle the questions that you ask us very often that we get in our yeah. DMs and in our Spill the Tea for Therapy. So we hope that you, you know, get a lot from it. As we've talked about so many times this year, this is the year of the hot girl delusional era. We are getting on our habits. We are making better choices. We are meal prepping. We're working out. And 
with that era comes supplements. That's where Athletic Greens comes in with their awesome product, AG1. It's a drinkable supplement. It's a nutritional drink that has so many minerals. It's got 75 minerals in it, and it's made with all whole food ingredients. I love adding this into my routine as something that I drink before I go out for a night or start my day with it. It really has helped me reduce bloat. And I know that we talk about skin health and glowy skin. It really does start within. And Athletic Greens AG1 really helps. It's an all-in-one thing that you can take to help support your nutritional needs. And they make it really easy. And it gives you increased energy and mood support throughout the day. It makes it really easy to just live your best life, which is what we are always about. And even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails, which is a bonus and such a plus for us. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash vibin. That's athleticgreens.com slash vibin. Go check it out. The explosive new season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey is back. And if you're anything like me, you can't get enough. That's why I'm here to tell you all about some of my favorite podcasts and why Podcast One is the number one destination for all things Jersey. First up, hear from one of our favorite Italian bombshells. Hey, everyone. It's your favorite Jersey housewife, Melissa Gorga. Make sure to check out season two of Melissa Gorga on display. Family takes center stage this season, and the ultimate OG is spilling all the tea. Here straight from the queen herself. Namaste Bitches is all new every Wednesday and if you haven't listened yet, here's what you've been missing. Me, Teresa Judice, and my co-host Crazy Melissa Feaster. Listen to Namaste Bitches with Teresa Judice and Melissa Gorga on display wherever you get your podcasts. And it doesn't stop there. Check out podcastone.com slash versus and play to win by voting on hot topics and pressing questions about your favorite housewives. That's podcastone slash V-E-R-S-U-S. Oh, she's here. She's popping up. <laughs> hey, beautiful. <laughs> Good morning. Hello. How are you? Good. How, how are you? you? First Good. of all, you're, you're gorgeous. Oh, Absolutely thank you. Beautiful. I'm sure it's just like this sitting by the window effect. No, you know? no, no, you're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you no, so much I- for coming onto our podcast today. We're so excited to like just dive deep into everything. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited too. I think it's going to be a good conversation. I just know it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So we did a little intro and we explained a little bit about what you do, but I'm sure you can give us a little bit more insight and a little bit more description about what exactly is a friendship expert. Um, So a friendship coach is someone you would bring on to support you in having better friendships. And I just feel like if there are people who support you in your relationship, right? Like if you say that you're getting counseling, that's very normal. If you own a business and you say, um, you know, I think I'm going to get a business coach, that's seen as being like very wise. But if you were to say, I think I'm going to get a friendship coach, People kind of look at you sideways, but why not get support for that relationship the same way you would anything else? So as a friendship coach, I can come alongside people and support them in creating or maintaining or releasing um, really healthy friendships. That's awesome. I've actually, I'm in therapy right now and um, my therapist told me that it's very common for her to see people in therapy with their friends. And I thought Mm. that was like something that I've never heard of. And I thought that was amazing, actually. And I was like, I think more people should do that. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's probably because we have this 
fantasy. I don't know that we'd admit it, but we kind of have a fantasy that like, oh, if you're my girl, if you're my friend, you just get me. I expect mm-hmm. to have problems with my boo sometimes. I expect to have issues with my coworkers, my kids. But whenever it comes to friendship, we're like, oh, there's supposed to be a chemistry. And then when that chemistry fades, we're like, oh, this must be a sign that you know, our season's over. And so if we normalize conflict in friendship, but we don't have the skills to kind of get through it, that's what a coach could help with or a therapist in that case. I love that. We, we often talk about friendships here. We get a lot of questions in because we are two best friends that work together. So it's a dynamic that not a lot of people, I believe can uphold. It is, um, it adds another layer of, you know, uh, complication and detail yeah. and communication, um, issues, et cetera, that I think people, you know, wonder how we get through that every single day. So we do have a lot of women listeners, especially in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. So I find it so amazing, especially this time of our lives. I find that our friendships all throughout your life, but especially right now, are so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, there's actually research that suggests that your friendship network expands exponentially until about the age of 25, 26, at which point it begins to like decrease, which makes sense because when we think about the things that are happening in our lives during that time, you know, maybe you have graduated college. Maybe you're deciding whether or not you want to prioritize establishing family ties. You want to get married, you want to have kids. Maybe for you, you're getting really, really serious about your career and laser focused on that. And so at this point, it's where people are making decisions about what they want to prioritize and pretty much like falling into that path very heavily um, because they have the pressure to figure it out. And unfortunately, sometimes those choices don't necessarily mirror one another and things start to get uh, tricky. Yes, I can definitely, I think I um, I can relate to exactly what you're saying. I feel like when I was going through a period of time where I was doing, you know, I was like having a baby and like getting married and like, and I, at a pretty young age, I would say, and I felt like a lot of my friends were obviously not, you know, they're like dating and like, you know, they're like not really settling down. So it was like, kind of like we were on two different paths and I always felt like, I don't, I don't want to say left out, but it was like, obviously you're on, you're, that's just a time in your life where you're just on two different like wavelengths. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I feel like at that time it was so hard for me to like maintain friendships just because I always felt like left out or I was just like, you know, like, am I doing things wrong? Like, (laughs) did I go too fast? You know, like I was constantly comparing my life to like theirs. So it's like in those times, how do you keep Like, I felt like I kind of drifted away from a lot of friends because of that. But like, I also feel like I could have done more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised to hear you say that, that especially during that time, that time in your life of of being a parent and maybe your, your friends aren't yet and things like that. I think... One of the reasons why we have so much conflict and, and uncertainty about how to navigate like these tense moments in friendship is because we use all these general phrases, these platitudes like, oh, you know, just be friends through thick and thin and just support her mm-hmm. through it. And just like, like, that's a nice concept. But what does that mean? Right. So for yeah. this particular example of feeling like, you know, I feel left out and I don't feel included in my friendships because maybe our lifestyles are a little bit different right now. What I've noticed is sometimes if we've been friends until a point our friendship has only had practice being friends like on a certain kind of terrain. So when somebody goes and gets married, they move across the country. So now suddenly you're long distance, you have a baby. So now you have other priorities. We have to give ourselves grace because we've never had practice being friends like this. 
It looks different. And that's where we have to make a choice of, okay, you add so much value to my life. I'm willing to put in the mental labor to figure out how to make this work with you. And then for some of us, we realize, man, I really care about you, but wow, I'm starting to see that we were just you know, kind of party friends. And I don't think I can Mm -hmm. keep that up while I also raise my kids. And so I guess this is all that was. So all of these like forks in the road, we have to figure out, okay, what do we do here? Because things feel a lot different. So if you identify somebody who does add value to your life, but she's living a different lifestyle, and I just mean like mom life or career life or whatever, um, the first suggestion I always give is to articulate that. So it sounds so obvious, but by saying the words out of your mouth, hey, so I feel like I keep missing you because we have different things going on, but like it's really important to me that we we stay connected even though we're really busy. Just saying that shows a person, I care about you so much that this is a priority for me. I'm uh, comfortable to take a risk in being vulnerable and letting you know how much this means to me, and I'm willing to put in the work. And so sometimes all it takes is to let somebody know, I acknowledge things are crazy right now. And I feel like we keep missing each other, but like, I, I want to figure this out, girl, because I miss you. You know, it can be yeah. playful, but that right there shows a person like, okay, yeah, I, I want to figure this out too. Um, and then letting the friend know what you need. Hey girl, I, I really can't do late nights anymore and I can't travel as much. Like that's just not going to happen. Are you open to doing FaceTimes every Sunday night while I do laundry? Um, but trying to figure out what does our friendship look like in this new season can kind of be the make or break between whether or not your friendship kind of maintains that longevity. It's interesting that you said that emo- like there's a lot of research that says that you stop making as many friends within 25 and 26. That's exactly the time period in my life that that stopped because I stopped partying. Like I stopped going yeah. out as often. So you saw who are the people – I would see these people from Thursday to Monday. You feel mm-hmm. like you have this intense connection to them and they truly are going to be a part of your life forever because they were such – a big part of it for such a compacted amount of time, but where there was so much growth because your twenties is intense. Mm -hmm. That's when I found the people that I was willing to sit in a room with and just scroll on TikTok and be quiet. And, you know, those foundational relationships that withstood that time period of my life really are the most important to me. And I can see those being lifelong, but I know that there are a lot of women who write into us that struggle if they don't have that built-in support system already because those party friends have evaporated and they're in a new phase of their life. So what advice would you have for somebody in that age demographic who is experiencing issues making new friends and what can they do to put themselves out there? Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad you asked that question. It's funny because most of my clients, when I started out about five years ago, were like thirties, forties. And then when I got on TikTok, it like it, it, it got really young really fast. And I was like, yeah. okay. Um, but it's so cool to like to hear their stories. And I'm a former high school teacher and I used to work with seniors. And so it, it is nice for me to work with young people because 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 it's such a tricky time and, and they really need support. And so to your question about, you know, if you are in your mid-20s, you're looking around and you notice that your friendship landscape looks a lot different than it used to. I'm going to address two mindsets that you need to fix immediately. And then uh, we'll talk about two or three things you can actually do to get it started. So the first mindset that I hear all the time is almost a sense of shame. We don't use that word, but I get a lot of like, oh, I mean, like I should already have my friends by now. Like these have been my people. I shouldn't have to start over. These should be, you know, I should have my people. And if you keep putting that pressure on yourself, like, man, I'm so behind. I'm starting from scratch at 25. What am I going to do? First of all, research tells us that we replace half of our friends every seven years. 
So at some mm. point, it is natural to expect uh, expect a friendship pruning, the way you'd prune your plants and clip them off to make room for new things to grow. It is the same thing. The number one question I get as a friendship coach and educator is, how do I make new friends? Hands down. But we normally it comes with some kind of qualifier. So people want to know, how do I make new friends as a girl in a new city? How do I make new friends as a new mom? How do I make friends as a military spouse? I hope that shows you that you will always have to be making new friends. I think it just hits you for the first time when you get in your mid twenties and you have to kind of really do this by yourself without the the social backdrop of a school to help you through it or your job. If you're working remote, now you've got to manufacture those opportunities on your own. And so it can be really disheartening. So the first mindset is stop thinking you're too late. You definitely aren't. And the second one is it is going to take work. That whole like, oh, it'll happen naturally. Like I just need to just, you know, believe it and it'll happen. It actually takes work. Um, There's research where uh, there was a study where they asked a bunch of people, do you believe that friendship should be easy, natural and organic? Or do you expect that it should take work? And they followed these um, respondents over a period of five years. The ones who said, I believe friendship should be easy, natural, organic, were experiencing greater feelings of loneliness than the people who said, I expect that it might take work. So this might be the first time a lot of your listeners are hearing this. You're going to have to put it on your calendar. You're going to have to initiate and be like, hey, would you want to get together sometime? You're going to have to follow up with that phone call like you said you would. You're going to have to put something else on the side because you're going to prioritize friendship right now instead of your boyfriend. You're going to have to do that if you want relationships, uh, platonic relationships. And so those are some like things to kind of get our mind right, because if you have those wrong mindsets, it's going to be really difficult to find friends. Um, and, uh, and a couple ways to get started just really quick. The first one I would say is, um, to use a super connector friend. So those extroverts, you know, who are always out and about text mm-hmm. them, DM them, be like, Hey, I am trying to get more plugged in. And I thought of you cause you're always, you know, doing something really cool. And I was just wondering, like, is there anything around town that you feel like is worth checking out? Do you feel like there are like any groups that you think the subtext is I want new friends? But you're enlisting this person's help. And the average person is happy to help. Like, that's flattering. No one's going to be like, ooh, that's so cringe. And if they are, they're not even your kind of person if they have that kind of attitude. So the average person is flattered that you thought of them. And they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I actually am in this group. You should come. You might get an invite, right? And then the second thing I'll say is to create routine. A lot of us work from home. We're in the house all day long. Mm -hmm. What routine do you have in your life that even positions you to meet new people? Like, what are you doing? And so you should be walking the dog at the same time every day or working from the same coffee shop every Friday morning. Like that routine is what helped us make friends when we were students. Well, now you've got to create that for yourself. So becoming a regular somewhere outside of your home is one way to get you in front of people with consistency. And consistency is a key ingredient in friend making. So hopefully those are like mindsets and strategies to get us started if we're feeling totally hopeless because it totally is possible. Yeah, those are great. I love that because uh, the majority of the friends I have in my friend group now are because I was a regular at a bar. So I never would put that together now in my 30-year-old lifestyle. So I love that. I also love Mm -hmm. that you said like scheduling in friend time is okay and kind of a must at this point in our lives because we talk so Mm -hmm. much about scheduling, having to schedule in things with our spouses and how we've had feedback where people are like, oh, I don't 
I don't want to get to the point in my life where I have to do that. Like, like if it's a bad thing and it's really not, it's just the ebbs and flows in love life. And sometimes not all of us are able to just do something on a whim. Like it needs to be on the calendar or planned out, especially for us to look forward to those things too, and have something to look forward to with our spouse or something. But I always was the type of person that was like, I hate the fact that I have to, you know, plan these things out like two months in advance with my friends. Like, why can't it just happen? You know, but now I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, oh, okay, I see like things have to be scheduled. (laughs) Like if I want Mm -hmm. things to happen, they have to be scheduled because we're all at a time in our lives where we can't just do things on a whim or be like, hey, come over today. Like, like we used to, I used to be able to go to my friend's house on a Friday or Saturday night, like, you know, like doing nothing. Hey girl, come over. And it's like, those are things you kind of have to realize are those days are kind of long and gone for us. And I think it's like mourning that type of friend, those type of friendships too. And like just those things, because you still, I used to love those things, you know, but now it's like a different kind of love. Like I like looking forward to those dates with my friends and scheduling those, you know, whatever, if they decide to come down for a trip to Delaware or I go to New Jersey, like I look forward to those things, but I just wanted to preface like it, it does take work. Yeah, it does. And it, it, it's hard and it's uncomfortable. But I think being uncomfortable is what helps relationships grow. And that's something like I'm a Virgo and I'm very much like I like a structure. I like th- I like to know things and I like to have a plan. So feeling uncomfortable wasn't necessarily a good thing for me. But now I'm like, OK, when I do feel uncomfortable, I feel like greater things come from it. So I'm able to like do these things that make me feel uncomfortable, especially when it comes to my friends too. So I'm glad that you, that you're kind of making it normal, like normalizing it. Like it's okay to like schedule in time with your friends as well, you know? So I think people, more people need to just start doing that and not being like you said, like, oh, things should happen naturally, or we should have these relationships naturally. And um, yeah, like just planning things out works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you laid that out so perfectly. That's, that's such a great point about like, you know, we don't have as much leisure time. So the whole like, Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. Okay. I'm going to come over. I think it's really cool when those moments happen. It's like, look at us. Our our schedule synced up at the same time. Like that's exciting. Cool. But if one person has two kids who are very young and dependent and clingy and another travels a lot for her job and another is, you know, kind of has an unpredictable kind of work schedule. She doesn't know when she's on or off and another has mental health issues. And so she doesn't know when she's going to be in a space where she can hang out. It helps everybody to have on the calendar. Okay. We have a target we're all aiming for this date i know it sounds it feels very unsexy and it forces us to let go of that dream of like just walking over to your friend's apartment at 21 and being Mm -hmm. but those days are over like if i'm keeping it real those days are over and we have to reframe how we even see scheduling like if we have an attitude of like oh my gosh i have to do that like that's so you know what does it say that i have to be so technical about my friendships you know what Mm -hmm. it says it says you matter to me if a friend says to me danielle i really want to see you um let me think i've got next friday can we do next friday because i miss you this person has put me in the calendar which means they're blocking off everybody else because they're like i'm seeing danielle next friday so rethink it saying to somebody i want to see you tuesday at seven shows them i am forsaking everybody else because you are at the top of my list and it also ensures that we get it done and it also adds a layer of security into our friendship so instead of me fretting about you know when am i going to see you next and get we can take a we can take a breath we can take a breath in knowing 
oh, we're going to see each other on Friday. So it actually adds a layer of security and knowing, I don't know what's going to happen this week. It's going to be crazy. But thank goodness I know I'm going to see you at the end of the, at the, end of the day. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, I also wanted to know, like, how do you know when a friendship is <clears throat> has ran its course or when it's not really salvageable at that point? What do you, how do you know and like, what do you do moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get that question a lot. People are like, I need to know when it's over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a breakup. It's like you go through that like back and forth in your head. Like, Oh, can we make this work or can we not? Mm -hmm. Especially if you have that time in, like if you've known somebody for so long or, you know, and you're like, well, maybe this relationship has ran its course. Like, I don't, I don't really know. Or is it just a rough patch? Like, how do you really, really know? Yeah. First, I want to say if there's anybody who's in that position where they're like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know what to do. First of all, I think that's an indicator that the relationship means something to you. So you're trying to make this decision with great care because it's a risk. Any decision you make is going to cost you. Literally any decision. If you decide to be someone's friend, it might cost you your time or it might cost you other things. There's a cost attached. So you weighing like, okay, what are the pros and cons? Do I want to make this decision? I care about this person. I'm trying to get mentally and emotionally prepared is a good thing. A lot of times we're like, the fact that I'm even asking this question must say something. No, it's a good thing that you're trying to like intentionally think about what to do. The next thing is at the end of the day, ask yourself, this sounds very simple, but ask yourself if the good outweighs the bad. And normally people are waiting for me to give like this really like insightful does the good outweigh the bad? Because there's going to be bad in every friendship. The friend who, you know, talks a lot and you feel like you can't get a word in. The friend who's always late and it kind of annoys you. Like we all have our annoying thing. But with this friend, does the value that she adds to your life outweigh the troubles that she sometimes brings? Mm-hmm. Because if the answer is no, then that is your answer right there. What I often see too much is women will be in a friendship with somebody who is very clearly not a great friend right now in the season of her life. She publicly embarrasses you because she thinks it's funny. She um, never follows through with her word. She uh, does a lot of things that make you question like, gosh, can I share my successes with her? Because she gets uncomfortable when I like when something good happens to me, like things that are very obvious yeah. that maybe this person has issues. But what I often hear is women say, but I mean, but she's like a good person though. Mm -hmm. And you know what I have to say to that is I would hope so. That's the bare minimum of being friends. But we are not going to stay in a friendship because we feel bad about hurting our feelings. I mean, you do need to do it compassionately, but you can't stay because you feel obligated and you're scared to to hurt her feelings. You shouldn't be staying because you're like, I mean, we've we've been friends for 15 years. I don't want to throw that away. What do you mean? So you're signing up for 20 more years of frustration, uncertainty, of feeling small and little in front of her. We're not doing that. So if you get to a place where when you lay it all out, the value far exceeds some of her annoying tendencies, then she's a keeper. But as soon as you start to feel like I can't be myself, I feel like I have to water myself down. I feel like I have to measure my words because I don't want her to get mad at me. I feel all of that is just too much. And there's actually research that, that surprises some people to learn that suggests that Being in ambivalent friendships where you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, being in ambivalent friendships might be more physically detrimental than being in outwardly negative 
friendships. Yeah. Now, obviously, caveat, don't be in a negative friendship. That's not healthy either. But in terms of the, the toll that it takes on your body, the idea is that if you're constantly like, I don't know what, what I should do. I mean, she's okay, but like oh, that little thing she said was stressful, but I, that takes a toll on your on your physical health. Yeah. Like they monitored people, their heart rates are going up. They monitored what happens when you're back and forth like that. At least with a negative friend, you know what you're getting. You can try to brace yourself. I still think you need to get out of that situation, but at least you can kind of buffer and prepare against what to expect. If you are undecided, that back and forth is going to weigh on you. So at the end of the day, if that's where you are with a friend, you do need to sit down and figure out what to do and when for your physical, mental, and emotional health. So sometimes I love that response because it seems so like easy, you know, like it it makes sense. Like it it doesn't have to be more complicated than we make it. But sometimes friendships kind of just like come to an end naturally that you just kind of stop reaching out to one another. There wasn't a big blowout. Nobody intentionally stopped being friends. And sometimes I feel later in life, this has happened to me before, that I'm like, wow, you know, I really miss this person. And I wish that we hadn't let so much time go by before we reached out. And how do you know when that's just nostalgia? Or is it actually the right situation to reach out? And if it is, how do you go about doing that? Especially if, you know, say like one, two, three years has passed at this point. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked because whenever we talk about like making new friends, a lot of times people think about meeting new people. And making new friends simply refers to the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. And who says that has to start from scratch? So a lot of us do have a lot of those kind of fade out friendships that we talked about where we just kind of got busy and got kind of passive. We mutually were doing that. And before you know it, so much time passes that now it feels awkward to -hmm. reach out. Uh, But if you're trying to decide whether or not to reach out with somebody, a couple questions to ask yourself. The first is remind yourself of why it ended. If you were fading this person out because she had some behaviors that um, were really, really stressful to you or because she you know, dismissed you whenever you would express yourself. She was very dismissive. Remember that because it's possible that you do miss somebody and the situation was also not good for you. Those things can go together. I mean, how many of us have like broke up with an ex and we still really miss them and then our... Because that because they, they, they matter to you at one point. So you care about them. So first, remember why you were fading this person out. If there was a particular reason, don't forget it. Because what's changed in the past three years? She might still have that same attitude. The second thing is ask yourself, you know, why you would be reaching out. Is it because you miss them and you could go for a chat again and you could go for seeing them because it might feel nice? Um, or is it because like, you know what, she added value to my life and, you know, we were always teaching each other things and she was really supportive and I kind of miss having that, you know, system in my life. So really get clear about what you want, because I always say when you do reach out, you should communicate that. If you are reaching out with just like that, like, Hey, what's up text. Unfortunately, sometimes what happens is people get skeptical. I have not heard from you in two years. I may not be mad at you, but I'm wondering, man, this feels really random What's going on? Are there ulterior motives? So you need to know your reason because you should be sharing it with them. So that reach out might look like, hey, I know it's been a while since we spoke, but you crossed my mind today and I thought I would reach out to say what's up. You know, let me know if you're ever down to, you know, grab a glass of wine at this, you know, little sangria bar down the street. Um, would love to catch up. 
Now I've put them at ease. I've acknowledged that time has passed. Instead of being weird and pretending like it didn't, I'm going to call it out. And then I'm also telling her, man, I've thought about you. Would love to catch up some time. Would you want to do this very specific thing? Now I know some people, they just broke out in a bead of sweat hearing that like, oh my God, there's no way I could ever do that. (laughs) If I could encourage you. anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God, what if she says no? Okay. Yeah. That's my last and final note for determining whether or not to reach out. If you are mentally and emotionally prepared for all the possible outcomes. She might say no. Okay, what would you do? She might not respond at all. Okay, what would you do? She might say, yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you reached out. I've been thinking of you too. Okay, what's next? So if you're mentally and emotionally prepared for the outcomes, then I say go for it. But, um, but you know, prepare yourself for a no. Prepare yourself for, yeah, and then you guys never link up again. You know, just yeah. be prepared for, for all those things because just because you're ready for someone doesn't mean that they're they're ready for you. And the last thing I'll say is there was this research that came out, uh, I want to say last summer, I want to say last summer, and they found that people tend to greatly underestimate how much people enjoy you reaching out to them. So we think, oh, if I send this text, she's going to be like mad and annoyed. But think about when you receive a text from somebody you haven't heard from, you're like, oh my God, this, this is so nice. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so good to hear from her. Like, wow, I just thought of her last week. So the average person is happy to hear from you. So don't overthink it. This is very true. I have a, I have a friend and she's in one of my friend groups and we don't talk as often. She's got uh, three kids. Like I've got two, like we are in two totally different lives kind of living the same life, but just so differently. And she is like one of those friends that she's so genuine. Like she's, she's, she really is such a great friend and she's a great person. And just because we don't talk a lot, it's like when we do um, see each other and catch up, it's like no time has passed. And I, I just, I love that. But she reaches, she's one of those people that always reaches out to me in a text or is like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And I can't even say, I, she reached out to me last week and I was just like, it made me so happy, you know? And I was like, I, I love her for that. And then because she does that to me, I do that consistently with her too. Mm. And it's like, we always have this like back and forth, like, Hey, how are you doing? Or I thought about you this week. And the thing is, we don't expect each other to write back right in that same instant. Like she, if she writes back to me the next day, like, Hey, I saw your text and I miss you. Like, that's fine, but we still do it. And I love, and I love that you like talked about that. Cause I, I think having those friends and like just having someone do that, it really does make you feel good. And it makes you want to, you know, be that friend in return. Cause you know, the feeling that it gives, you know? So I, yeah. I, yeah, I was like that. That's amazing. And I love, I love when people reach out. I really do. So I think that's something that we should, you know, start doing more. I agree. And you know, it's really beautiful about what you said is I love that you said that you can, you have somebody in your life who you can point to their behavior and say, man, I like that. She's modeling good friendship behavior for me because we don't really realize that, you know, reaching out shouldn't just be, oh, well, I would reach out, but what if they reject me? Like it can't always be based on whether or not someone reacts positively. At some point you need to reach out because you tell yourself, wait, I'm a connector like that. Like that's what I do. I love all my friends. If I think about somebody, I reach out. That's what I do. That's who I am. Like, like reframe. This is not something you, you risk that you're taking. And I hope that it goes well. No, I do it because that's who I am. And so I, and, and what you just outlined is an example of how we should be doing that because it models for other people. This is what I want this to be normal in our friendship. This is an, you know, an, an action that you can take. You have authority over your friendship story. Hey, I'm thinking of her. I'm going to reach out. Mm-hmm. And this is what I do. And so you should be reaching out and, and, and pursuing your friends because it models for them 
what you want. It models for them what's possible. And over time, it's just going to show us how normal it is to express platonic desire and our friendships in order to keep it going. I think that's where love languages can come into play with like a friendship dynamic too, because I think we talk about love languages a lot in romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. but I personally see myself loving my friends the way that I receive love often as well. So like words of affirmation or acts of service, especially if it's like you're sick, I know you're sick, I'll send you something like some medicine, some tea, just because I'm thinking of you. It's the same way that I do with my romantic partner. Yeah, yeah, totally. And especially with women, I mean, I think men need to be more affectionate too. And I I think them not being that way, you know, is causing a lot of issues with being so like uptight about it. But it's one of those things we especially get to do as women. I mean, we're expected to be like affectionate and all those things. And so to reserve that just for a romantic partner is just so limiting. Because if you think about it, so what does that mean? That only women who have romantic partners get to engage in that? You can express, you can experience romance in your female friendships, which sounds odd, but if you look up the definition of romance, it says things like to delight in someone, to be excited by someone, to have a certain air of mystery, you know, so we can bring that to our friendships too. You know, sometimes we get so used to the fact that we've known her for so long, you know, we, we get kind of stale, but to surprise her, to say like, okay, Friday at seven, I don't want to hear it. Get dressed up. I'm taking you somewhere. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, you're going to love it. Like, that's an element of surprise and romance, you know, to say like, man, you look really pretty in this light right now. Like, I know that's random, but like, oh my God, you look great today. Should be normal. Should be normal. You know, especially if everybody's under the same understanding, like we're friends, you know, but, um, but should be normal. And it makes us feel so good. And I think that's why so many of us feel like, I I have a whole rant about like low maintenance friendships and I understand I do, but I think so many of us are unsatisfied because we want to be desired even in our friendships. And so we have to get comfortable being expressive in that way. You do something like that to me, Alessandra. Like you text me like, hey, we going out. I'll be like, damn, I'm about to start dating you. (laughs) (laughs) You look really good in this light, girl. (laughs) Don't make me fall in love with you. (laughs) Joe better watch out. He better watch out. Okay. No, but that's a great, you like you, that's a really great point. Like just feeling like we, we want to be desired. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like that's like a, like a female thing or like do men feel that too? Like in their friendships. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, so here's the thing about men's and women's friendships, because I get asked that all the time, is at the end of the day, we all want the same things. We want to feel like we belong. We want somebody who like accepts us. Like we all want the same thing. But research shows that in those friendships, we prioritize those things differently. So for example, in women's friendships, the number one things we seek is emotional support. That's what we're looking for. Men, do they want to be supported emotionally? Sure. But is that the number one thing they're looking for in male friendships? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. And so I think we all want to be desired in a, in a sense of um, this person saying like, oh, you crossed my mind. I want to hang out with you. You're so fun to hang out with. Like it feels good to have somebody else be like, man, I want as much of you as I can get because you're really cool and funny and smart and interesting. Like we all want to feel that. And so um, – if that's the case, then that means your friends want to feel that. So instead of thinking so much about like what you're getting, getting, getting from friendship, how can you give knowing that we all pretty much want the same thing? How can you think of ways to be more of a giver? I love that. I love that too. It really is about intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think are some, I guess, I don't know if this is the right word, but like traits that like make a successful or like a good friendship? 
Yes. Okay. So there are actually like 10 to 13 traits um, that um, there are psychologists who, who specialize in friendship and they've published some things talking about certain traits that have to be there. And some of them will surprise you. Some of them are not surprising. So things like um, a person who's trustworthy and reliable, which is funny because a lot of us will be like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. But we do a lot of breaking our word and breaking our plans and breaking our commitments and breaking our, okay. But we all mentally know like, oh, of course, reliability is important. Yes, it is. So reliability, trustworthiness is really important. Uh, Reciprocity in a friendship, obviously very important. This is not a popular take, but I believe reciprocity is important, but I don't believe that it's always going to be 50-50. And so a lot of people start to get into that whole like, oh, I feel like I've been giving more than she has. Do you feel comfortable with what she's been giving? Does she support you? Does she love on you? In this season of your lives, you might kind of be given 70-30. And then like in six months, because of just how things are arranged, she's kind of doing 70-30. So that is kind of normal. That's swinging a little bit. Uh, But two traits that I think surprises people that psychologists say is important for you to have as an individual so that you can have healthy friendships. The first is a willingness to trust. So not just being trustworthy, people who are willing to trust other people make better friends. So nothing disappoints me more. God, I'm so corny. I have like goosebumps right now because nothing (laughs) disappoints me more than when I'm on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I see people make videos about how you can't trust people these days. And that's mm-hmm. why I don't keep friends around me because I'm an alpha female. So I don't roll with other people. What are you saying? Because to me, what they don't realize is you just signal to me, one, the the level of hurt going on in your life. But two, you just signal to me that you wouldn't even make a good friend because people who don't trust, they don't share because they're scared that, you know, they're going to be taken advantage of. So that means other people are in a situation, like a friendship where this person's not opening up to you. So you never really get to know them. People who don't trust other people will never be intimately known. Because if you don't trust, you don't share. If you don't share, I don't know who you are as a friend. So you're only hurting yourself there. And then also, like, I'm not even going to bore you with the mountains of research that show just how critical friendship is to people's mental, physical, and emotional health. I mean, there's there's so much, it's astounding. As a matter of fact, one key study I often refer to says that um, the number one thing that has an impact on your overall well-being and life satisfaction is the quality of your relationships. Not your money, not your marital status, not your job the quality of your relationships. So being willing to trust other people makes you a good friend. And finally, self-confidence. A lot of us think like, oh, you know, personally, I'm working on my own confidence issues, but that doesn't affect my friendships. Yes, it does. The person who's not confident in themselves, you're not expressing your true opinion in your friendships because you're not sure how people are going to take it. Um, It impacts like how honest you are with your friends because you're not sure of yourself. You might be enduring mistreatment in your friendship Mm -hmm. because you don't feel confident to leave and stand up for what you're worth. You don't feel confident to express boundaries. So you're not having a good experience in your friendships. So there are a lot of qualities that you need to have as an individual. If you think you're going to engage in healthy friendships with other people, a willingness to trust, um, an uplifting attitude. They said people with an optimistic worldview are better friends, reliability, a sense of humor, um, good support, good listening, uh, listening, a lot of the things you would expect to make good friendships, but it really does start, you know, with you. If you, one of the things you're always saying is like, Oh, I just, everybody I'm friends with, they just let you down, blah, blah, blah. At some point, at some point, girl, 
Like, let's take a break. Let's look in the mirror and see yes. what ways might we be contributing to that story. Wow. I love that. It's very true. I think that, that everything you said, too, also applies for when you're single and ready to, like, get into a relationship, too. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how similar friendships and romantic relationships fundamentally there are obviously a lot of differences but fundamentally are especially in the maintenance of them this was this is an off-the-cuff question that i wasn't prepared for but something you said triggered a thought process for me and this happened to me you know um more towards like my college years and stuff where i was really learning to trust and especially women because as a society we pin women against one another so often that it's sometimes difficult to deprogram yourself from that belief and really look for a sisterhood. And this led me to, you know, being taking an advantage of in a lot of friendships with led, which led to a lot of hurt. And I personally had to do a lot of healing in order to find, you know, a new group of friends to connect with. But how would you, what would you say to the person who's, who was in that, that part of their life where they're, they're like, I was so hurt by my last friendship that ended, or I feel so taken advantage of that. I can't do it anymore, but I'm lonely. I need that support because I genuinely believe every single person does. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm so glad you asked that. And I know there are listeners who are like, so relieved that you just expressed that because it reflects how, how they feel right now. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I always say, okay, I'm going to stay in my lane because I'm a coach, I'm not a therapist. But if you do find that it is that you have almost become immobilized from pursuing or engaging in friendship because the pain is so deep from things in the past. At that point, I do think it could be helpful to like work with a mental health professional because you need quality relationships. So I understand and I have so much, you know, compassion for people who are in that place right now. Um, but I do think it becomes dangerous when we start to get cynical and we're like, you know, people just let you down. So I I feel like you should get with somebody who can help you to revive a little bit more of that hope and a little bit of that optimism because you need to engage in friendships. Um, but the second thing I would say is think about how the hurt that you've experienced from the past does impact the way that you engage with new friends. Does it make you really, really standoffish? And so, well, now people feel like, okay, well, she didn't really like talk much and she's not calling me back. You know, like, so, so how does that hurt translate into your approach with new people? And then how does that become cyclical? Okay. Or does it make you super, super clingy and, and eager and fast in friendships because you're so hungry for connection? Okay. But what are the consequences of that when we move too fast with a friend? You know, so just, I think it starts with looking at how was my reluctance to trust And the pain that I have from the past impacting the way I show up in people. And is that a cycle? Because at some point you've got to do something differently so you can get something different. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And Mm -hmm. I actually saw one of your TikToks and it really, um, I got so much from it. And it was you basically saying how you don't, um, whatever your friend's decisions are and whatever decisions they make, like whether it be in their romantic relationships, like whatever choices they do, um, you don't personalize it. And that's kind of how you are able to like make friends and, you know, have like a good friendship. And I thought that was interesting because there are times in my friendships where I have been like, hmm, can I be friends with this person because they did like X, Y, and Z, you know, like personalizing their decisions on me when in reality it had nothing to do with me. And it didn't, as long as it's not interfering or causing any negative um, 
issues in my life, it's like, I really shouldn't have cared, you know? Um, but I think that that's like normal for us as human beings too, to kind of do those things. We kind of have to like rewire our brains to not be that judgmental with people, mm-hmm. especially women. Cause like you said, we get pit against each other all the time. Um, but just normalizing, like my decisions aren't all, you said something along the lines of like, my decisions aren't always going to mirror your decisions. So like, why do you expect minds to mirror yours? And, um, so this goes to my question of like, if someone is in a friendship and they don't really like the person's significant other, cause we get people that write in a lot, I feel about this, like, mm-hmm. you know, my best friend doesn't like my husband or my, you know, my boyfriend. So obviously they're not aligning or they're not liking the decisions that you're making and, you know, the person that you chose to have a life with. So how do you go about those types of relationships without friction, without tension? Because I feel like that can be a really hard position to be in as a woman when you see someone that you love, like genuinely love and want the best for. And maybe you feel like this person isn't the right person for them or you know that they're not happy or something like that. Like, how do you go about that? Yeah, that is that is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I know the video you're talking about. And, and what's interesting is that most of the comments were saying what you were saying, like, OK, this particular point is really resonating with me. So mm-hmm. I'll say two things. One is... Um, because I feel like I always have to give caveats, especially on social media, because people like come for you in the comments and you're like, okay, oh, yeah. settle down. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I was saying is you will be so much happier, I promise. And I'm, and I'm working on this too. So I'm, I'm saying yeah. it out my mouth, but I'm working on it. So much happier when you release the expectation that her life choices mirror yours. Now, this is where some people say, well, if she's making like bad choices or being da 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 I'm not going to stand around for that. Of course, that doesn't mean I turn a blind eye to some extent, her choices will impact me sometimes, depending on what she's choosing. It might, you know, and when we become friends, you are kind of saying to somebody, I choose to, to take on your stuff. If you come into my life, I know you're bringing your own baggage and you know what? I accept it. And you're taking on my stuff too. That's what we do when we, we get into relationship with another person. I can't expect to be in relationship with you, but keep all my stuff separate. It's, it's, it's all gonna, it's all gonna touch. And that's what we're signing up for. Okay. Now, if she makes a choice specifically about her romantic partner and you are just like the rage is boiling because you're like, how is she so blind? How is she? So a couple things to ask yourself. The first is ask yourself about the thing that genuinely bothers you the most of the situation? Is it the fact that she's spending so much time with him? Because let's not attribute that to him. You don't like that. He, him coming in has taken her away. And that is normal. That doesn't make you petty. That doesn't make you emotionally immature. That is normal to experience. That would be called jealousy, like owning the word. When you're jealous, it means that you fear that something you have is going to be threatened by an outsider. That's what jealousy is. So that's normal. Um, are you upset about the time she's dedicating? Well, if so, communicate it. All right, girl, I know you're booed up. Okay, I get it. Happy for you. But um, hello, I haven't seen you in three weeks. I, mm-hmm. You know, can we get some kind of, you know, weekly thing going so I know I can see you and then you can spend all your time with him. Go ahead, you know, yeah. so then communicate it. Um, are you upset because you feel like he's not good enough for her? Okay, well, you know, we're going to feel that way about a lot of our friends, partners, like, because we think she's amazing and we recognize like how how lovable she is and we want her to be loved by the right person. So that's great. I think that as soon as it becomes something where she is in harm's way, then I understand being very vocal about, I hear you. I see you. I'm glad that you're happy. 
Um, but and this is a, a, a strategy I call telegraphing your dilemma. Because women will say, well, what do I do? What do I say? Do I just pretend? No, don't pretend. Don't be a liar. Like, don't, you know, she's like, don't you think he's great? Yeah, he's great. That's not true. You don't feel that way. You might instead be like, well, you know what? I, I, I think it's nice that you're in a happy season because you deserve some happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll just say yeah, it like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I call it telegraphing your dilemma. So if she still wants you to like support her, but it's with a guy, it's, it's kind of toxic and they're back and forth. Then you would say this to her. The next time she says, you know, oh yeah, isn't this great? And I don't know if I should get back with him or not. You would say, um, I got to tell you I'm torn because I want you to be happy. I see how you're on top of the world when you guys spend time together sometimes. Like, like I want that for you. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's hard for me to move on after you tell me something else harmful he has said or done. It's really hard for me to, to not respond to that. So I, I'm not sure how you want me to respond right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it puts it back on them because mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. make a judgment and I didn't take a position. Mm-hmm. I just told you, girl, here's where I'm struggling. I want to do this. But I also want to do this. A lot of times that puts it in their face in a non-judgmental way of like, yeah, I can see how I'm putting you in a tough position to ask you to consistently support me when I'm telling you all the horrific things he has said and done. And that way it just puts it right there on her. Um, And so I say if she's not in harm's way, then find a way to try to make peace with the choice that she's making. A lot of times our friends come out of it, right? But sometimes when we're super vocal all the time about how much we don't like her partner, what ends up happening is they fuse together even stronger because they're like, see, people don't get us. It's us against the world. Even my Mm -hmm. own friends don't understand our love. So it almost like fuses them together or she starts to withdraw from you a little bit because you always have something to say and she doesn't want to feel uncomfortable like that. So she, I'm just going to stop telling her stuff Mm -hmm. because she always has something to say. So again, I'm not encouraging you to be dishonest about how you feel. But I would say take a look at how frequently you are verbal about how much you dislike him. Is it helpful? Like, 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 like what are you trying to do? Because at some point she's made her choice. So I say, you know, bite your tongue if you don't like him, but she's not in harm's way. Find a way to just say, you know what? She's choosing differently than I would choose. And I hope she sees the light one day. But if she chooses to make this like her partner, I'm going to find a way to find the parts of this situation I can support and focus my energy on that as opposed to making it my mission to persuade her to see him the way that I see him because she's going to be annoyed. You're going to be exhausted. And he has, you know, ability to be like, see, she hates me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. But I think if you release your grip a little bit, um, it makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think that can apply to a lot of things. You know, I think um, I personally struggle with this a lot of the times. I'm a very maternal person. So I struggle with the line between wanting to help and offer advice and caring because you want to avoid have your the people you love avoid the hurt, especially if you've already been there and you see them yeah. going towards a path that you're like, oh my God, danger. Like I've been there, please. Like <laughs> Don't let's girl. just girl, like let's let's not I can see how this is gonna play out. But you yeah. it's hard to then um, you know, people have to learn for themselves. I'm like that. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what somebody tells me, I have to I have to figure it out for myself. So I do appreciate that. I think that it can go for a lot of things, whether you think the person's in a toxic job situation or, mm-hmm. you know, um, things like family. that. I think that, that 
Oh, yeah, especially mm-hmm. family. Um, I think that that can apply to a lot of things. Um, well, I appreciate so much the insight that you shared with us today. And yeah. we um, are, again, uh, friends, but we are our friendship is a lot of the connecting factor is beauty. And we ask every single um, guest on our podcast what their favorite beauty product in the moment right now is for you, whether it's skincare, yeah. hair, makeup, anything like that. We want to know. I'm laughing because um, my friends pick on the fact that like I'm a girl who's got like three products I've been using for like the same however many years and I put on <laughs> chapstick and my friends always like, oh my God, like be a lady and slap on some gloss something, you know? So I'm trying to like, <laughs> no, you know, that's get a little fine. more. <laughs> Listen, you stick to what's work, what works. So whatever works for you, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I just my chapstick, you know. Um, ch- I will tell you this. Um, I have recently switched up my face wash to, it's called Pharmagel, P-H-A-R-M-A, Pharmagel. It's mm. not fancy packaging. I think it's been around for years. Um, and it's a little on the pricier side, but I just, on a whim, I just like tried it. Um, I can't stop looking at my bare face in the mirror because I'm like, wait, I don't know if it's like in my head or if it's working, but that, if anybody's looking for a new skincare, it's very sensitive. It lathers on really nice. This is totally not an ad, but that face wash has really made my skin really smooth. And I think like brighter, not lighter, but like brighter. Um, so like if anybody's a nice looking glow. for like face wash, yeah, a little glow, you know, yeah. um, I would say that one, I think, because I know yeah. beauty starts with like your skincare and like at the mm-hmm. root, you know, um, so that, that would be one that I could, I could confidently share because I think I see it working. Well, you've got great, great skin, so. Yeah. <laughs> I and you're right. You're advice. right. You're right. Like the canvas is definitely like the one thing that we usually tell people and like to focus on if you want your makeup to look good. And, you know, it's always great to like have that good skincare. So we love that. I'm going to go check that out actually, because I have been looking for another uh, cleanser with the cleanser that I have stinks. And I'm one of those people <laughs> that I'm like, if I bought it, I'm going to use it until it's As done, but I shot. hate it. <laughs> So after that, I'm going to try this one and we'll see if I get a nice glow and um, hopefully my skin will be glowy just like yours. Yeah, yeah let, me let me know how you like it because I know we joke that like black don't crack, but I'm like, why well, just just in case, you know, let me know. Oh, yeah. We still- <laughs> just in case so I'll right. do we my never, future self a solid. You can never be too sure, you know? Mm-mm, that's right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I this was such a great interview, and I love. I just I picked up on so many different things, and you actually gave me goosebumps too. And some of the things mm-hmm. that you talked about, so I was like, "This is great." And I hope our listeners were able to, you know, um, get some good insight and everything else. So thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? I know you have your own podcast. Yeah, where can we find you? Plug because it we need up. more. Yeah. So my podcast is called Friend Forward because it's all about like moving forward, being better. So friend forward, it drops every Thursday. Um, but all the things like Instagram and events and all that is at our website, which is betterfemalefriendships.com. Love that. Thank, thank you, you so much, much again. Danielle. We really appreciate you being here today. All right, ladies. Thank you so much. Have a good you one. Too. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That, that was, was great. It was so great, right? Wasn't it? Loved her. Yeah. I wish we could have kept her on longer. Like I would have probably went on for like three hours. Every time she was talking, oh, I ha- like I would form another question in my head that I'm like, I have to ask her. But I think a part two is necessary. 
Yeah, definitely let us know if you guys want a part two. We can put up a question. You guys can ask yes. her specific questions. We can do some spill the tea. I would love a part mm-hmm. two. She was absolutely I amazing. Would love it. Yeah, let us know what you guys took a value from this episode. Let us know if you want a part two. Mm-hmm. And go find follow Danielle everywhere on TikTok. Follow her yes. website. Listen her go podcast. listen to her podcast. Yeah, and we really hope you enjoy this interview. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Love you. Bye. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.